And so I took that model and just made it better. And God has blessed us with now 80 students, full running school. You know, I'm standing in front of you. I don't even have the words. I put a lot of work, a hard work into it, but it just kind of happened. And it's all because I let God lead me. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hey there, and welcome to your biggest breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner, and uh, we are both really excited about this episode. It's kind of like a part two, yes. uh, because we had her husband as our guest uh, just a few episodes ago. Yeah, episode 102. You're, you're going to be so inspired by her story, and uh, it all starts with uh, her growing up in a communist country and then learning how to have hope for something better in the midst of all of that. Yeah, that was quite the hardship. And she says, and she shares with us that hardships sharpen us. Mm. Mm-hmm. She also talks about what happens uh, when you take Jesus into your life and you're serious about it and how things can turn around and go in a completely different direction. Yeah. And she will challenge you a little bit because uh, she talks about how she was taught that you just got to jump and then you'll learn how to fly. And she'll talk about what that means. Yeah. Even though when you have no <laughs> idea how or why, and God leads you and you just keep going for it. Yeah. And this is what she did. She walked away from a very successful career and uh, she made a decision with her husband. Uh, we're going to build the kingdom of God. Let's go. Let's follow Jesus. Yeah. So today on today's show, we have Monica Sheraldo. I mentioned that Joe Sheraldo was on our show just in episode 102. So she's the part two. Oh, yeah. uh, this is the better half. Oh, yeah. Wait till Joe hears that. Um, So she has a business education degree with a background in sales in the beauty industry. Uh, She managed hundreds of employees uh, for large luxury retailers such as Saks Fifth Avenue, Bloomingdale's, and many others. And uh, she actually realized her true calling to start and grow Montessori schools. And she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And and it just changed every aspect of her life and got baptized just two years ago. She's got a fresh faith, a fresh fire, and you're going to enjoy this program. Thanks for tuning in. Well, Monica, welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. We are so excited to have you. I feel like this is like part two it is. of the unfolding sequel, the episode with the Geraldos. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had your husband, Joe, on episode 102 of Your Biggest Breakthrough. But we realized we needed to hear from you because oh, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> you have a story, too. And yes. So we're so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. So nice to be here. Thank you both. All right. So, yeah, we heard Joe's side of the story, this incredible move that God started just two, three years ago in both your lives and how that unfolded in his life. And we're really anxious to hear your story because Wendy and I know a little bit about your story, but our listeners really need to know um, just what it is that you've been through, especially in the last couple of years. But before we get to that, yeah, before we get there, before we get there, yeah, we want to know about Monica's early years. We want to know about your upbringing and just kind of paint the picture of of just your childhood and and just kind of how you uh, lived and how your family life was and just kind of help us know who Monica is at the early age. Uh, Born and raised in Romania, communist Romania at the time. And um, 
I had a I had a beautiful childhood, though I didn't understand much until I got older um, to really understand what communism was about and the things that we couldn't do and the things that we had to do. And so my dad, who is my hero, um, tried to escape a couple of times, got thrown in prison, um, tried again, got thrown in prison. The third time he succeeded and he had to swim uh, the Black Sea uh, to get over over to Bulgaria and um, and survived. Uh, not everyone did in that on that trip, but um, wow. I didn't see my dad for a very long time. I didn't see him for seven years. Um, in Romania. And so uh, finally, he got to the United States. He's a he's a brilliant man. He, um, he is very good. He's a mechanic and uh, started a, a couple of uh, businesses here in New York and was able to prove to the government at that time in um, 91 um, that um, he can sustain um, and, you know, support us. And so we were kind of resourced by the United States from Romania. Mm. <laughs> and so they, that was in 90 and 91. Um, so I was 15 when I came here, uh-huh. I had to learn the language really fast. So I had to learn the language in about three months. I was fluent and um, I started high school, which was culture shock for me because picture this, I'm in Romania and everyone kind of looks like me, maybe a little bit fairer and um, more blue eyes, but uh I didn't um, see any other cultures. I didn't, you know, this was a uh, very different for me. So yeah. uh, we lived in Queens Ridgewood at the time. We were sal- surrounded by a very multicultural environment. Right. So, um, and then I went to high school in Jamaica, Queens, and I was, <laughs> and I was a minority there. Um, so I think um, sometimes hardship just sharpens us. And, um, and I think it sharpened me and I did very well in school. I finished high school in three years. I, uh, I like school. I like school in Romania as well. And uh, so I was a valedictorian of my class in Romania as well. I didn't but, know that. Um, I finished awesome. school here in three years. Um, I did. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed learning and, um, they didn't know what to do with me. So, uh, they gave me a internship, uh, in the world trade financial center, in um for american express and i worked with some lawyers for about a year so they can um graduate me um a year later that opened up my eyes to um a very different environment and i thought i was going to be a lawyer so I, I i applied to law schools i later changed my mind and just went to a business school baruch um in the city in new york and um and from there i got a um very nice job with bloomingdale's that was my first job and I was a bureau consultant and um, it was sales and I loved it. And I uh, climbed up the ladder really fast and I saw I did really well with them. I spent um, a bulk of my life in cosmetic. So, Amazing. And not just Bloomingdale's, but uh, Saks Fifth Avenue and other high end. Other high end retail stores. Yes. I got to yeah. go back to when you were that little girl, How when your dad was trying to escape, what, what was the threat for him? Were they, what was the, what was the reason he was trying to escape? He is an entrepreneur at heart and he couldn't do the things that he wanted to do in Romania at that time. It was socialist, the communist. So everyone had to make the same money, be the same kind of, you know, this cookie cutter mm-hmm. you know, venture out uh, and do anything that was, uh, you know, um, um, a threat to the government, even though, you know, he was a mechanic. So mm-hmm. he wasn't going to be held down. He was determined to get out. 
uh, and to get out on behalf of his family. And how old were you? And did you have any siblings at the time? Yeah, he was all about live free or die. And I mean, he he really was. And and he wasn't going to have us live and, and you know, grow up in that type of environment. I have three, uh, two siblings. We are three. I am the oldest. I have a younger sister. She's three years younger than me, even though she looks older. Um, <laughs> and then I have, I want her to see this so she can crack up. Um, and uh, I have a younger brother who was six years younger than me. Uh, okay, okay. I'm just so fascinated though. Yeah, you know, without your dad for, I think you said seven years, um, what was life like? I mean, were you, were you convinced you were going to see dad again, that everything was going to turn out? Were you afraid? And how was your mom handling yeah. the three of you? I mean, that's, that's no small feat, as you know, <laughs> being a mom yourself. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, I didn't know if I was going to see my dad again, though. Mm. I always had this feeling in me and I, maybe that was the Holy Spirit um, telling me that everything was going to be okay. My mom is a woman of God and, um, she, uh, thank God had, had faith and, and, um, we didn't lack really anything. Um, we were fortunate enough. He would send us, um, money from, uh, you know, he went through Germany to Austria to then, uh, mm-hmm. New York. So, um, everywhere he was, he had businesses that, you know, he w- he was successful enough to be able to support us mm-hmm. in Romania. Well, so amazing. I mean, you think yeah. of the impact of the bravery yeah. that your your dad had and how it has created a ripple effect for your entire family. And then, of course, for your children and your family. But um, so you you have had already kind of had that foundation uh, of of being an entrepreneur and and, you know, having a, a free spirit and to, to, you know, create and to do. And so um, you you find yourself, you know in luxury department stores, retail department stores, and you are managing hundreds of people. Like you're not just in the beauty. You're not behind the counter. <laughs> you're behind the counter. Yeah. You're managing people. Mm-hmm. So you go from there to um, uh, what you, you meet Joe. Are you, are you, are you involved with Joe while you're still working at the department stores? Like, I'm just not sure where, where this, the marriage comes in. So in 2008, I left Saks. I was with Saks Fifth Avenue when the market crashed. And um, I knew that there were going to be um, a lot of cuts. And, and I knew mine was at the top because it was a, a much bigger salary than um, most. And so I left and I um, started working, managing a restaurant in the city. Uh, this came about really by accident. I was speaking to, to uh, one of the owners and I was telling him that I'm thinking about leaving uh, the beauty um, industry and I don't know what I want to do. Maybe start something on my own. And he said, why don't you bring that industry here? It was a very um, cool place at that time. And so um, my best friend, uh, Claudia, took me there. And so I met the owners and I, at first I thought, restaurants, you know, I don't, I know nothing about restaurants, running restaurants. He said, don't worry, just be yourself and uh, you'll learn it. And so I did. So I worked with him for um, six years. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many people have ever heard what you just heard? Just, just be yourself and it'll all work out. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that's, that's what he said to me. And I, wow. and I trusted him and I thought, okay, well, and it's managing people, you know, it's all about relationship and the product yeah. is different, but how hard can this be for me? And if I fail, well, then I learned the lesson, right? So I took on the challenge. I did very well with them. I started managing managing one restaurant and then I was managing three of their restaurants. Wow. And, um, and that's when I met Joe because he worked at the time in Harlem 
And um, again, my best friend, Claudia, who brought me to the restaurant was um, Joe at the time was um, training um, some clients um, on the Upper East Side uh, next to the firehouse. And she worked in one of the gyms that he was training. And, um, and she kept saying to me, there's this guy, I don't know what it is about him that he reminds me of you. And I'm like, okay, well, Claude, I remind you of a dude. I don't know what to tell you, you know? She's like, no, that's not what I mean. She's like, I don't know why I'm looking at him, but I'm thinking of you. This is strange. Do you want to meet him? And I said, absolutely not. I had no time to date. I was working. Managing three restaurants. Yes. I, I, I had one day off a week and that was the day that I spent with my family. So dating was the last thing on my mind. And so she spoke about him about six months. And then um, they showed up with him at the restaurant and I thought that she found someone and I was so happy because she didn't tell me she was going to bring him. And I said, oh, Claude, you know, I call her Claude. And I said, "Um, wow, he's really handsome. Good for you. (laughs) I kind of just walked away. At the end of the night, she finds me. It was a very busy restaurant. At the end of the night, she finds me and she goes, "Um, you are so clueless. Like, this is the guy I, I keep trying to get you over, but you don't. And I would, I just instantly got so mad at her because now I'm thinking this is the guy she's been talking about. I'm running around like a lunatic and I don't even want my hair fixed. I mean, it's just, and then we went to dinner and then eight months later, I think we were engaged. Wow. Eight months later. Well, I got to hand it to Claudia your friend, Mm -hmm. because she knew that she knew that she knew. And so I love that she was determined to at least introduce you and Joe. And yeah, um, why do you think Claudia said that uh, you remind her of Joe? No, you know, I think maybe his attitude a little bit. And I don't know, you know, I well, you both joke around a little bit. Y'all have fun. We do have a fun relationship because we just, yes, yes. Well, you're we, both, we, as, as we've gotten to know you, you're both a little stubborn in a really good way, which allows you, you know, to go forward in ways that a lot of other people would just, you know, they'd fold up and they quit. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that just, you, you have this, uh, both of you have this ability to push yourself beyond, yeah, to persevere, yeah. to really drive towards something when you see the, when you see the vision for it. And, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about you, Monica, and getting to know you over the last couple of years is just this tenacity that you have. And, yeah. and um, you know, we, we've known your story a little bit, bits and pieces along the way, but um, you have ventured out to, to say, okay, I, I'm going to start a balloon business. And we're like, what a balloon business? Like, I mean, you just like, just go for it. And you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And you just aren't afraid. I think that's it. And a lot of people are afraid to start new things, new ventures. And um, I I don't know if you want to share your age or not. If you do, that's fine. 46. Exactly. Okay. Thank you for sharing. So 46 years old and you started, actually it was 45 uh, years old and you started yet a new venture. And most people would not be willing to, to try something new at this age. So what was the motivation that got you to want to try what you're doing and tell us what that is? Well, and were you still in the restaurant business when you started to transition out or no? I wasn't. Um, we, we were engaged and then got married. And then we had two beautiful children uh, while we were um, in Queens. And when we moved to Long Island, I went back to Bloomingdale. So I went back to retail. There was a, there's a very nice store here. And, um, they uh, recruited me and I went back. So um, I was um, I was in retail 
before this uh, pandem pandemic, it opened up my eyes to a lot. I can say that in many ways, uh, this situation that was so hard on so many people was a blessing for us um, mm. because it opened up my eyes to two things. Uh, one, that I never want to work for someone again uh, who um, does not align with my beliefs. Um, Bloomingdale started to be a very um, different environment for me. They went a little bit woke and, um, you know, mandatory trainings on critical race theory and Black Lives Matter and all this nonsense that I was not okay with. Um, and so and so that was one of the reasons why I thought, hey, I'm going to open up a balloon business. I'm going to do something that's creative, makes me happy. And in the meantime, while I realize my true calling, this is what I'll do. And I started it. It's funny enough because I remember calling you, telling you that and laughing on the phone. I'm like, okay, I'm starting a balloon business. And I remember that. <laughs> I mean, really, seriously, though, I just got to stop because that sounds so preposterous to a lot of people right now. Like, here you are, you, you've reached the upper levels of management in both retail and then in restaurants and then back in retail. And it seems like you could just kind of like write your ticket uh, any way you wanted to, but you're growing uncomfortable with the things around you. And from there, you just jump off into balloons. <laughs> because she wanted to right. go with what brought her joy, yeah, right? Yeah. And it would be 100%. right. I right. was not joy. going to let um, the world and, and, you know, there's so much evil in this world. Um, I was not going to let it dictate my life and my yeah. circumstance. Oh, you are talking I to somebody right my now. Dad, one thing is, you can't let others be in control of your destiny. Only God can mm. do that. So that's right. Um, I knew that I didn't belong there anymore. It was it was a hard decision. I was uh, I was doing very well at the time with Bloomingdale's. Yeah. Well, as you made that shift, and um, you and Joe have been married uh, how long now? Ten years. Ten years. Okay. So about eight years into your marriage, you both had a a beautiful um, conversion. And you, I would like to hear about yours because this is really the turning point from balloon to what you're doing now. And so we're going to get to that, what you're doing now, but let's talk about your conversion in Christ. Joe and I have been very fortunate to, um, to be, um, well, God has put placed so many important people, um, in, in front of us. And I'm glad that we were open enough to understand what's happening um, because you can either look at a situation in a negative or a positive way. And so uh, we met a beautiful couple who introduced us to Amway, but more importantly, introduced us um, back to Jesus. Um, I always, you know, um, unlike Joe who grew up Catholic, I grew up um, Orthodox and we follow the Greek Orthodox uh, religion in Romania, the very little bit of it that we were allowed um, to follow because you weren't allowed to have Bibles in your house. Um, and we weren't allowed to go to church, a lot of things. Um, and most importantly, uh, you could not let Jesus uh, be your Lord and Savior in Romania. So hmm. your uh, Savior was our dictator. And so coming back, I, I you know, I appreciate that my mom um, really didn't let go of that. And uh, in the little time that she would have with us to, to talk about uh, Jesus and the Bible was in Romania, just, you know, kind of saying he is your savior, always trust in him. And so I had that foundation coming back here. We kind of let go of that. And so um, we didn't, I didn't put Jesus um, 
I didn't involve him in a lot of uh, areas in my life. And so I kind of just got away from my faith. For this couple to come back into our life, to kind of open up our eyes again, um, and this led to our baptism two years ago, was um, the biggest breakthrough through for me. I know for Joe as well, because now as a family unit, we were baptized. We, um, we, our lives completely changed. I mean, in every single way, we um, changed our inner circle. We, uh, the, our circumstances changed. Our, our kids got to experience a, a very different uh, mom and dad unit, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate. And, um, and just through him, all things are possible now. I, I, I mean, things were possible before, but this is very different. I think it's so great that, that, you know, God ignited your faith at about the same time for the mm-hmm. two of you. And you were able to really unite because it just gave that much more strength to what God was going to be calling you to do. And you weren't quite sure of that just yet. Joe as a firefighter, uh, could be, you know, heading towards retirement if you wanted to. Uh, you could have shifted back into retail or anything else from the balloon business. But this faith of yours started to really ignite uh, a new vision, a new passion. And talk a little bit about how that began to develop. And I, and maybe we should touch on too, you you surround yourself with a different network of people. This is where we met you in a group called King's Council. Yeah. And I know that yes. uh, all of us benefited immensely from this this networking. But we watched you guys go through this transition. We all were praying for you and kind of scratching our heads, wondering like, what's going to happen next? Uh, Amway, balloon business. <laughs> and then, boom, something came up. What happened? You know, I remember you both, your, your beautiful faces as I'm in front of um, this presentation at King's Council about two years ago. And I'm standing there petrified, not knowing why I'm here. What am I doing? I'm, I'm telling a bunch of people that I really like, but um, I'm standing in front of a bunch of people, you know, asking them, what am I doing with my life? And <laughs> I have this idea, but I don't know. And please pray for me that I realize my calling. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and then they start praying over me. Uh, this amazing group of people just start praying. And I, and I'm like, wow, this is what a surreal, um, I don't know, uh, just atmosphere, right? I, I just never pictured that in my life. That prayer got me to understand that what I need to do with my life is open up schools um, that are faith-based and Montessori-based. Um, and I need to do that to save all these children who are going to be, um, you know, subjected to a lot of nonsense in school and, um, and subjected to um, just indoctrination, you know, coming from Romania, I I understand that really well. And it's scary. And so I thought, who better than me, I have my own two children um, that I'm responsible for, and I don't want them in public school. And um, they have friends and I don't want them there. And if somebody else will do it, that has done it before because we were part of a co-op that was running. Okay. Um, just, I knew I can do it better. And so I took that model and just made it better. And God has blessed us with now 80 students in a full running school. You know, I'm standing in front of you. I don't even have the words. It just, um, I put a lot of work, a hard work into it, but it just kind of happened. And it's all because I let God lead me. Yeah, that is just it. You Mm. let God lead you and, and it is manifested. He has manifested uh, in you both um, just this, 
great um, faith and this great school for these lovely, precious children to be in. And it came from a need that you had yourself uh, with your own kids. And I think that that was the also the fueling passion uh, that that was like, I'm, I, I'm going to get this figured out and God's going to help me, but I'm, I'm determined. And you had this tenacity that um, I, I had not seen in you uh, before this, 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 this just determination, fire. this fire. Yes. This fire that was, was different than when I first met you all of a sudden I was like, uh Oh, she's on, she is on. And, and you're just uh, letting God take it and, and run with it. And so tell us a few ways in which God has really been a part of, of the process, obviously through all of it, but that you can really pinpoint of, Oh, God was there. God was there. God was there. To now every single day <laughs> there you there go. moments along the way where I kind of, you know, I started doubting and I let fear creep in a little bit. Um, and just through par- prayer, he had to remind me that he's there with me. I, you know, and in the beginning we, we have this beautiful school and I only have 10 children. And I'm thinking for me to run this, I need 50 students and I need, um, t- you know, um, at the time it was four teachers and they need to be in line with our belief. And I didn't know any teachers. I didn't know where to source them from. I didn't know how to um, get the word out. I mean, I can say all of a sudden I have someone calls me and they're like, okay, there's this teacher left because, you know, she didn't want to be mandated and she's looking for, and she's right next to you. And then she had a friend and then her friend was there. And then they all somehow turned out to be born again. I did not source this out. So talk about God, right? And yeah. his work. Because I, when I started interviewing, I put a post up and on LinkedIn, I did not write, you know, you need to, to be a, a woman or, or a man of faith. Or I just said, hey, I want to help the children now and I need some help. So if you're in the air, <laughs> um, you know, call this number. There's God. That right. God is just in everything. I I I can do all things through Him. That's right. Uh, that's, that's so right. good, Monica. Favorite verse. I think I think there's some people listening, like right now, just kind of shaking their heads, wishing they could do something like that too, because they feel something bubbling up. But it's like, how could I possibly do that? Well, that's why it's important to pay attention to you and Joe's story because. This has been a relatively short period of time, and less than two years, you've got this thriving school, and yet you knew absolutely nothing about how to start a school, where the resources right. are going to come from. But you dedicated this to God, and you said you would follow his lead, and you depended upon him. Can you help that person listening right now who they, they feel this thing bubbling up? They're not quite sure. How do I step out? How am I ever going to get this figured out? Where where do I get the resources? How do I how do I teach myself? Yeah, to get hung learn? up in the house. Yeah. Right? So how do you overcome that? I'll tell you the, the, the most important thing that Scott Thomas in King's Council mm-hmm. said to me, and that was my aha moment in uh, King's Council. And it was one of the first meetings that I've ever had uh, with them. And he said, and then figure out how to fly. Wow. <laughs> and that's all wow. it took, huh? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wow. well, but I'll tell you what. It made me think, okay, so other people have jumped and then they figured it out. And then if I don't figure it out, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, that's right. good. That's I, good. You know, right. What's the worst thing that can happen? Um, I learned a lesson and then knowing me and, 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 you know, I think a lot of people have this courage, but just they don't know that they have it. 
I'll try uh, again a little better. Um, uh, so I'll have a school that fails, maybe. Uh, with what's going on out there, probably not. But you know, um, you have to. You have to believe um, that what you're doing is to further his kingdom. Hmm. That would that that's for me uh, an understatement. Hmm. You have to further his kingdom in whatever it is that you're doing. And if yeah. you're not then you're not doing it for the right reasons. So do it for the right reasons. It's okay that you don't know. Find people who do yeah. and help them coach you. This yeah. was King's Council for me. I didn't know the first thing about opening up a school. I had no idea. Um, I'm like, what's a curriculum? <laughs> that's so good. And now you have 80 students. It's so cool. Talk about I jumping and then learning to fly. That's awesome. Those are great words. And I think right now you're really encouraging somebody because probably the number one thing that holds them back is what? Fear. Do you think it's fear? Probably. Absolutely. Fear of the unknown. We all have fear. Yeah. Yes. And I don't yes. know how to do it. Fear of failure, fear uh, of the unknown. But if I fail, right? There's this like false notion of failing. You're not failing, you're learning a lesson. I mean, I kind yeah. of always knew that um, because what is failing, right? You you can do it again. If you're alive, you can do it again. That's right. And so that's right. Well, listen, as you, as you and Joe have really, because the two of you really are very supportive towards the same mission, which I think also helps fuel the success of what you're doing. Uh, and as, as the two of you have put this thing together and you followed God's lead, are you wondering what's what's next? Is it just is it growing more schools? Is it do you have any inkling of what God might be doing next through you and Joe? Um, I I have a feeling He's going to do great things uh, through us. I do know that we are multiplying. I'm looking at second locations right now that are going to be open in um, September, and so um, absolutely because we need to help these children and, uh, and these moms who are absolutely desperate and they don't know how they're going to keep their children safe. And so, uh, that's definitely on, on the map for us. I think there's so much more. I just have a feeling there's so much more and, um, I just want to be ready for it. I just want to jump again. Mm, yeah. Jump so and fly, jump yeah. and fly. I love Those it. Those are such good words. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't really want to end this interview on a uh, serious topic, but I do because it is so fresh uh, in, in what's on the news. And I'm just curious, your take as a uh, school principal, owner, however you want to say it, um, with the current shootings that have taken place, what are your thoughts around it and how do um, how do people that are struggling with it, um, how, you know, especially with even children going to your Montessori school, how did the parents feel safe about kids going to any location other than their home? So, so two things I'll say about that. Um, I think, I think the blame, um, is probably going to, to, towards gun control. Um, which I, I think, um, a lot of people will fall for, um, it's not the gun, it's the person because you can harm someone with a pencil. We're not taking all pencils away. I think that it's the medication that uh, we are forcing these children to take um, to alter themselves, which mm. is beyond evil. Heartbreaking. Um, how do I how do I keep them safe? Well, Joe and I got on the call with a security company yesterday. They're coming to look at our location on Friday to um, let us know, you know, um, danger uh, spots in in our entrances. I mean, we are pretty secure, but you know, you never know. 
and we are getting an armed guard um, starting next week. So that's uh, that that's opened awesome. up my eyes. Um, you know, I couldn't sleep. I had a sickening feeling in my stomach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just um, it's just the world we live in, and I think we need to be prepared. And so, um, and I think that what will deter someone like that is someone with a gun. Well, I'm I'm really glad to ask that question then because it's you know, kept me up at night as well. And I think, especially for mamas, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know, I shouldn't say just mamas, but it's just, it's just, it's just a scary thing. And so uh, to know that you're being proactive is, yeah. is huge. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. You guys are, you're such action takers. And again, it's a real example of like, it's one thing to kind of sit and just complain about things. It's a whole nother deal to do something about it. And this is just sort of characteristic of you and Joe's life. I mean, Joe is a firefighter. He's rescued people in burning buildings. <laughs> so and when we talked with him on the show, it's like, you can't even take time to think about it. You've just got to take action and yeah. go. And I think what characterizes your lives is that you're just, when you hear God, you believe he's leading you, you'll just take action, no matter what it takes, and you're paying the price. And he said something very profound, and that is, make certain it's kingdom-oriented. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to want to expand his kingdom. That's what you guys are doing. And we yeah. love that. Yeah. So listen, before yeah. we let you go, there's got to be something about you that nobody knows that you're willing to share oh, as on you your scratch, biggest like, hmm. <laughs> Just one thing, What's maybe one a little different. Fun. Let's say, what? <laughs> what? Because does that or? You like to yo-yo? What? You like to? <laughs> <laughs> Joe makes fun of me. He's like, oh man, that note. Um, I, I've always <laughs> been singing since I was very young. I don't know if that's a fun fact, but it could be funny to some people who can, who hear me. Um, <laughs> so I say, I take every opportunity in my life to sing. And I am, uh, I am obsessed now with Maverick city and, uh, and I just blast music. So wherever you hear that, you know, the Monica's there. Um, so I don't know if it's a fun fact, but I do have something that's more interesting to you. Okay, what's that? What's that? Not about me, but we are a unit. I have a treat for you both. Uh -oh. What? Really? Uh oh. Mr. July. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> See, that is oh, hilarious. All right, if you're on YouTube, you got to get over to YouTube because she's holding Joe, a picture. Oh my. See, he really there you was. Go. I was just you saying that as a flippant. The firefighter's calendar. Just saying that flippantly, wow. didn't really realize he no. was in the calendar, and there he is. Oh man, that is <laughs> so good. You married, you married <laughs> someone in the calendar. That's pretty darn cool. Oh, you I sure did. Such, I didn't listen. say for myself. Uh, <laughs> and he did really well too. Yeah, that's for too. sure. You guys are such a refreshing couple, yeah. and your stories are so great and so impactful. And so inspiring. So yeah. thank you thank guys. You Thanks for much. living it out and for sharing it. Thanks for being uh, just inspirational for someone listening and all of us and us included, but we just love you and we'll see you soon. Okay. See you soon. Thank you. Thanks Lord. for being on. All right. God bless you. All right. All right. That's so fun. Well, I think that, um, you know, these interviews are always interesting because you never know kind of how the Holy Spirit's going to lead. And um, I, I love that that Monica is just so raw and real and is just going to tell you like it is. And, and it's her heart, you know, her heart is, is really just to be full of truth and to guide people in the right direction. She is a loving pit bull. Oh I mean, goodness, I love her. Uh, and, and Joe too, they get a hold of something they believe God has put in front of them and they won't let go. And yeah. uh, maybe you're in a place right now yourself and you're, you're just, you're just kind of wondering like, should I, or shouldn't I? 
And let me just encourage you, listen to this podcast episode again, and then ask yourself that question. Like, what do you got to lose if God is calling you to do something, even though you don't know exactly what that is or how it's going to happen? If you believe he's doing it, what's stopping you from stepping out and doing it? Yeah. And if you want to learn more about what they're doing, go to kingdomeducationcenter.com and check out uh, their Montessori school and just how God is moving. It's just so exciting. And um, as you know, Todd and I, we love working with uh, people regarding their their health and their wellness for me, and then Todd with Faith Family Fitness Finance for, for mentoring men. So if you're looking for someone to coach and mentor you, give me yeah. um, an email, shoot me an email over at wendy at wendypet.com to help with your health and your wellness yeah. or over at Todd's. Todd email. at toddisburner.com. And if uh, guaranteed, if you need a little nudge, a little boost, a little kick, oh, you he'll, know what? He'll Come kick on, he'll let's kick get in touch. Gear. Let's get there. All right, God bless. And thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. Yeah. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.